our princess undercut. Fancy meeting you here. You and the dragon gem pieces are coming with me. Hmm. My sword here says we're not. Yeah, I knew you couldn't handle rolling solo. You're nothing without your band. Stand down. This shouldn't take long. <laughs> is this big sire? Is this this Hades costume is the stinkiest costume on this brand. <laughs> Babies are often very useless when you need to get things done. Take a puff. Do you fear Bing is a sus individual. <laughs> what can we say except you're welcome. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod. Send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com or support us on Patreon by becoming a member of Jerry's gang at patreon.com slash mouse madness. Um, Kyle, we're we're back. Um, we're back talking badasses. Um this is a very badass time of year. It is summertime. <laughs> so uh, we've got a little heat wave here in Northern California. Um, we're, we're getting a little sweaty over here. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about how I used to record in New York City in that loft space and I would just absolutely die yep. um, every <laughs> single day. And, and in those moments, I was not able to bring out my inner badass because I'm pretty sure I straight up melted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure I would never do it. But I'm sure if I went back to listen to some of the New York Day episodes, you could probably hear the the decline of Chris Bowersox as the episodes went on. Uh, and if you know anything about recording, not ideal to have a fan in the background as you're as you're running these things. So it gets a little little spicy, just like Mandy did at the end of last episode. She's back to try and avenge the death of Moana to Bambi's dad. Uh, welcome back, Mandy. We're happy to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be back. You know, I took a walk, calmed down, contemplated my life choices, <laughs> and uh, I'm ready for part two. <laughs> so in part one, we talked about, uh, Chris brought this up, actually, how getting a tattoo is considered pretty badass. And he referenced the great Bob Gurr, the best Bob, having just received a tattoo. And we didn't, we didn't show you this tattoo, Mandy. And so I feel like uh, this is awful podcasting, but I'm going to go ahead and show Jerry's gang is going to be able to see it. Maybe we'll go ahead and repost it over on Instagram, but I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to show what we're working with here. We've got Bobby Gurr in, in the chair <laughs> getting tatted, not, not on his arm, not on his wrist, on his chest, homie. Right smack dab in the middle of his chest. He look, hands crossed, eyes closed. He has never been more relaxed. Look at how badass he looks getting this tattoo. And then the finished product. He got the monorail oh. on his chest. My he God. said it with his chest out here. So in part one, I thought you were talking about like a meme someone made, like nope. someone photoshopped him getting a monorail tattoo. That is nope. incredible. Bob that Gurr. Is, that is super badass. Who I believe just celebrated his 90th birthday, got a monorail tattoo on his chest. Incredibly it is just badass. phenomenal. This is the most badass man that has ever existed. Uh, if you want to see it for yourself, it's at squid.inks.official on their Instagram. And it's from, oh gosh, two days ago from today, uh, which is July 11th. So get over there and check that out. Uh, Bob Gurr, he is a Disney badass through and through. Uh, Chris, let's, uh, let's talk a little spoonful of sugar. I'm excited to hear if we were in another iteration of Chris's sour beer journey or if we're switching it up this time around. I, yeah, we are in another episode of, of Chris tries sour beers. And I, I went outside my comfort zone a little bit on this one and um, I'm, I'm terrified. So I haven't uh -oh. opened this yet cause I want to do a live reaction. This beer is a brown sour ale. 
Oh. Um, which, yeah, mm-hmm, might be bad, <laughs> but it's called Leatherbound Books. Oh, you had which to. Is, oh, like, you had and to. And it's got, it's got one of those wax, like, mm. lids yeah. on it. That's giving um, Barbosa energy. Big Barbosa yeah, energy. It's big Ron Burgundy energy. Big <laughs> Barbosa energy. It feels like something a badass would drink. So, oh man, this is badass. I'm using a knife <laughs> to cut this. To cut this right now. Damn. Yeah. Look at you. Terrified. I'm just I gonna feel, try it. I feel like also a badass part oh. of this beer that you've got going on there. Not only are you having to cut that wax top off with a knife but to name the beer leather bound books something that feels so like warm and and comforting but it's attached to this like brown sour ale that's in this very like i don't even know how to describe that bottle just just very uh if bottles could be confident (laughs) yeah it's 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 a very like old timey sort of bottle, you yes. know. It's like yeah, thick. It almost looks like a piratey like rum. Type, or it looks uh, like like you bottled it yourself. Like that <laughs> that is like a a bottle that you created <laughs> with your own hands. Um, I would just this 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 beer is called Leather Bound Books, but I would just like to point out that reading is not badass. <laughs> I still do not stand for reading books. All right, here we it go. It smells brown. It smells very brown. All right, mm-hmm. here we go. I don't know that you're going to like this. Whoa. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, what the? Whoa, that was that was wild. My <laughs> eyes are watering. Let me try, <laughs> let me try let me try this again because that was a very unique flavor that just went into my mouth. <laughs> It's like extremely sour. Okay. Mm. Hang on. Oh, going in for the third. Okay, I think I think <laughs> I think my first sip I just got some of the wax in my mouth and that was the <laughs> unique flavor. <laughs> this is amazing. I love this. Oh. This is like this is so so sour and that's exactly what I want. I'm like how dry and sour can we get this beer? And and like I've found a super dry sour beer. I don't know what the brown is. Yeah, I was um, gonna say, can you taste that like that like darkness of the beer? So yeah, like that's I hate any kind of dark beer, you right. know, like stout or porter or whatever. <laughs> but um this is uh Pinot Noir barrels with Dark fruits for multiple chapters of added complexity. Ooh. Oh, we got a little barrel aged sour. Barrel over Brothers there? is a Sonoma County, barrel Windsor, California. Dude, highly recommend leather. Wow. Bound. I, I believe the quote is, "I have many leather bound books." <laughs> My smells of rich, rich mahogany. <laughs> um, Kyle, what do you got? I'm back with the KSA from Fort Point. Tried and true. As Chris said, it is very warm here in the Bay Area. And so I wanted something light and crisp. And that's what this KSA provides for me. I'm hoping to come in come in hot in the next bracket with some homemade cocktails again because I've been off my game. Uh, but we're sticking to the light beer here today. Mandy, what have you got this week? Um, I'm also sticking with the fruity drink theme. Um, this week I got a classic mango cart. Ah. So we're gonna stick with it, switching from pineapple to mango. And, we, uh, hey, yeah. we've got that. We've got that tropical vibe going on right yeah, now. Summer, the mango. I'm I'm rocking the uh, tiki room hat. Chris has got a loha shirt on. We are in midsummer form, just as you like to see it. All right, let's talk about a little bit how we got here today. Uh, we surveyed, had the intern survey, a specific demographic. It was folks that were standing in line for the reopened Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. As they were waiting, they were asked, who are the biggest Disney badasses? They gave us a ton and only 16 rose to the top to make it into the bracket. After debating last episode, we got to an elite eight. Looks a little like this. It's the number 16, Fulton Reed from the Mighty Ducks. Versus number eight, Maui from Moana. Number four, Raya from Ryan the Last Dragon. 
Verse number five, Captain Barbosa from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Across the bracket, we're going to have the number two Mulan from Mulan versus number seven Elsa from Frozen. And rounding out this Elite Eight, it's the number 14 Sergeant Calhoun from Wreck-It Ralph versus number 11, the upset of the episode, the old stag Bambi's dad. So, uh, Chris, I started off last time, so I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor to start out the Elite Eight. Um, okay. I, uh, I rode pretty hard for Fulton Reed in the last episode. I mean, just to go over some of the highlights from, from what I said, if maybe you missed part one, um, Fulton, uh, is from the streets. Uh, Fulton (laughs) may or may not go to school. We don't really know. (laughs) Yeah. I guess Uh, that's pretty badass (laughs) if you're like 14 and you're like, does does Fulton go to school? Um, Fulton definitely makes his own agenda and plays by his own rules. And that is very, very essential badass. In my opinion, uh, Kyle pointed out that he has the physical traits of a badass, especially on the ice playing for the mighty ducks. He has a wicked slap shot. He puts holes through the back of nets. He shatters uh, glass. He knocks people unconscious with his, the power of his slap shot. He's an impressive physical specimen. Um, he's a physical enforcer, body check, clotheslining people, drawing game misconduct penalties. He's really not afraid of, uh, you know, headed to the sin bin, so to speak. Totally. Um, but he also uh, displays a lot of badass qualities off the ice. Um, he is the first to say that he will play for the Ducks when Gordon Bombay revealed the team name, even though the rest of the team thought Ducks were wimpy and stupid. <laughs> Fulton Reed said, you know what? I'll be a duck because you know what? I'm a badass and therefore ducks are badass. Absolutely. Um, he also is the friend that goes with Charlie in the third movie when Charlie decides to walk out on Eden Hall Academy. Um, so those were kind of all of the Fulton Reed things that we covered. I, I have more. <laughs> Oh, I have more, however, um, especially in the third Mighty Duck movie. And it's very interesting to kind of see Fulton's sense of style develop as he gets older. And as we move from like the early 90s into the late 90s Mm. in the first movie, Fulton dresses very similar to a lot of the way a lot of the other Ducks players dress, he just kind of has like a baggy sort of jacket yep. and wears like maybe a flannel around his waist or something. Yeah. Um, And like, that's just sort of kind of that grunge, that like 90s grunge that maybe someone who's sort of counterculture uh, probably tries to embody badass to an extent, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But in the later movies... Fulton starts rocking um, like band t-shirts. <laughs> right. uh, specifically, there is a very, very um, apparent red hot chili peppers placement of a Fulton t-shirt at Eden Hall. And now we can debate whether or not we think red hot chili peppers is a badass band for Fulton to listen to. I would say no. Um, but that is me looking at this from a 2022 lens. Yeah. Right. Maybe this was like early in red hot chili peppers days. I don't really know the timeline of them as a band, but I do know that they eventually kind of became like a little bit too mainstream uh, for people to consider them badass. But again, this could have been kind of during that moment where like red hot chili peppers rocked. I have a feeling that if a character in a, live action Disney film is rocking a band tee, then they've probably reached the peak of their pop mainstream vibe. Right. So I think that it was more so like Fulton is a, is a hip kid than it is like Fulton is rocking this really sweet semi underground band that you may or may not have heard of yet. So I'm going to say that this is this deducts his badassness by rocking this red hot chili pepper shirt. He probably got it at Mervyn's. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if if this was before the Anthony Kate Kytus, Kytus, whatever his last name is, um, how you pronounce it, biography, autobiography came out, um, that's super problematic. Uh, you know, I think it's, you know, 
it's okay for Fulton <laughs> to wear it, not informed of of the problematic nature. But sure. uh, if it was set now, yeah, absolutely not. That's not badass at all. So he he is um, framed as being a rock and roll fan in the second Mighty Ducks movie. Right. He ends up being roommates. Um, at the whatever Goodwill Games, I guess is the event they're attending. He's roommates with Dean Portman, who is his fellow Bash brother, and <laughs> their nighttime routine is is <laughs> funny. It's sort of badass, but it's pretty like over the top too. Oh, in, in at least the way that they like portray it for this children's Disney movie. <laughs> um, Dean and Fulton both chug a glass of milk. Yeah, um, I had to go back and watch and say like okay is that water are they like hydro homies and they're just like making sure that like they they stay hydrated through their sleep which is a badass thing to do water is badass water is badass um but no they are drinking milk and because it's the 90s we're gonna assume that that's an animal product um dairy is not badass Derry can uh, give you a bad ass, though. Oh, he could. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of them's like uh, some tunes to sleep by. And then, <laughs> of course, like you expect them to, you know, play some like classical, but it's like hard rock music to fall asleep. But it's not that hard rock. It's like pop rock, you know? Right. A uh, couple shots later, uh, they're like jumping on the bed air guitar in the middle of the night yeah it's classic it's classic the 90 the night you do need to watch these movies as like as a a 90s kid you you've got to watch the mighty ducks and also like talk about red hot chili peppers being very 90s Uh, the obvious like got milk ad that is them chugging milk before going to sleep, which was like the taking off in the 90s, you know, like, oh, my gosh, just dripping with it. Big milk had us in the 90s. Big big milk got milk was maybe the most successful marketing campaign in human history. Thousand percent. And Fulton giving in to big milk, not too badass. Uh, there's also a, a moment in D2 when Fulton drives a Zamboni through the rink. Mm. I think he's with Jesse Hall and Guy Germain. Okay. Um, and that's really not badass to me. <laughs> like there's, there's like a line, like be, I think you have to have a disregard for the rules when you are a badass, but like there's a line where like, you have to be aware that your actions are impacting other people. And like by driving a Zamboni through the dashboards of an ice rink, that's going to create a lot of problems for <laughs> at least one other person. Yeah, that um, is. And like, it, it's kind of a random shot. Like we never hear anything of it ever again. Like nope. it's just a comedy beat basically. Um, I hate that Fulton is included in that moment. Cause it could have just as well been, you know, someone else it, it's just uh, absolutely. unfortunate that he was involved so yeah i i would say the things that we laid out in the first round were all things that mostly happened in the first mighty ducks movie um and those are the, the moments that make him the most badass but you can see his character kind of flattening out as the ducks franchise goes on i believe he makes an appearance in mighty ducks game changers but I yes. did not watch that, so I yeah, don't know if he reveals any additional badassery. No, nope, they time. they roll up, and it's yeah, nothing badass about the the original ducks appearing in that in that series. Oh, another thing, Fulton participates in the ant farm prank. Oh, I, right. I mean, they they all they all do, but like he's one of the core like four. And he also does the brownie horse poop prank with um, Charlie. So, again, like, pranks are, like, funny, but I don't think pranks are very badass. Right. Mm. Like, pranks draw way too much attention to yourself, are, like, way too kind of, like, self-glorifying, and are just kind of, like, I don't know. I've never been a big prank guy, so no, no, I do not find pranks badass. 
pranks are jackass, not badass. So uh, there it is again. You're on it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I find I find jackass to be badass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. It's like a square Sometimes. rhombus situation. One can be one, but one can't be the other. <laughs> um, Maui. So, I mean, I don't have a lot to add on Maui. The song You're Welcome is is kind of like a fun song, but the concept of him singing a song just being like, you're welcome. Like, I think you could you could make an argument both ways. You could say like, being so confident in yourself that you think that you should get credit for anything that happens, right? I guess is sort of like what a badass probably internalizes. Uh-huh. I don't know that they would ever say it out loud, but this is a Disney movie. Like they have to have a song. So like this is just him kind of articulating something that most badasses probably all think that totally. they are top dog. Um, and so you're welcome. But yeah. On the other hand, you know, I could see it not being badass because a badass would never say that. Mm, yeah. I think that there's, I feel a, like, a, I feel like a badass would say like, Nope, no not problem. me. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I didn't do that. Mm-mm. Sure. But I, it's please also, don't look at me right now. <laughs> I think that there's some badassness and being able to, like flex on people though. Like I I think that there is something to that. Um, You think about like hip hop culture is a lot of like talking and flexing about like the things that you have and that can come off as badass. And like, he's basically just like riffing off his resume and you're welcome. Uh, And so I think that there can be an element. You're right. You can argue both ways. And I think that's the argument for it being badass. I, I, it clicked. It just clicked for me. And, and I'm going to bring up Game of Thrones again. Every time I do, I, I apologize. But <laughs> one of my favorite moments in all of Game of Thrones, King Joffrey is a little shithead kid who's the king who is super annoying. And his, and his grandpa, Tywin Lannister, who is a, is a badass, <laughs> says a true king doesn't have to say it doesn't have to say that he's a king. Mm. And I, I have a very similar feeling about badasses. Like okay. a real badass does not have to say, I am very badass. Hence the Reddit, subreddit, I am very badass. Dedicated to people who just do that. Right. Like it's not about talking the talk. It's about walking the walk. Mm-hmm. And not that Maui doesn't walk the walk at times. The fact that he takes such a a long amount of time to do this whole number where he's just talking the talk. I don't find that very badass. Hmm. So I'm going to stick with Col- Fulton Reed, I think, for this one. I'm going to go with Maui. I didn't want to pass on Fulton last time. I, I think that, yes, you're right. Uh, Maui kind of talking the talk as opposed to walking the walk definitely is, you know, a ding on his badassness. But he ends up walking the walk and he does so in a very badass way. Having those powers is pretty badass. Being able to shapeshift as your power is incredibly badass. Um, and, and he's obviously also very intellectually badass, right? He knows exactly what he should be shapeshifting into in order to make certain outcomes happen when he is fighting. I think that's incredibly badass. Um, Fulton's a kid. He, he's like a... a a bad space ass little kid. <laughs> he's, he's, I, I, I just still don't, I can't see him as a prevailing badass. I will say that anytime that like other people, well, actually, question for you, Chris, because I don't remember. Did he and Dean give themselves the nickname Bash Brothers or was that given to them? Do you remember? That was something that Mr. Tibbles said. I okay. think. When they were like in the stands, uh, towards the, <laughs> I'm remembering rewatching this movie, um, side rant okay. that we can edit out or we can leave in. Oh, we're gonna the leave the Trinidad, in, the Trinidad and Tobago team, in the second Mighty Ducks movie. Yep. 
brings me so much happiness and cringe <laughs> at the same time. It's yes, a thousand percent. Because on the one hand, I'm like, these guys are incredible. They have the, the steel drums like in the stands. <laughs> yes, so They're sick. like dancing on the ice when they score. They're wearing tie-dye t-shirts. Uh-huh. This is amazing. But I'm like, this could also be sort of like, eh, don't yes. know if this is 100% like right to have. Well, it might be stereotypical. Yeah, it's I don't making know. very much like, characterizing these people. But I think it was during it was during that game, like one of the early games when like, they were they were really feeling themselves and like yeah. the ducks were like just absolutely putting on a clinic dean and fulton were just like bodying people and someone's like oh they're the bash bros ah. i think it was mr tibbles um so no i don't think we're like hey we're the bash bros bro right like because that would I don't, be not I don't, badass that would right that would be not badass and i agree that the fact that they've like branded themselves as as bash bros because they do lean into it yes oh, yeah. eventually i think um not not very badass. Yeah, not very badass. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with with Maui. Uh, even though he flaunts the things that he did, the fact that he did those things, harnessing the breeze, bringing humans fire, pulling up islands from the sea, that's pretty badass. Uh, Mandy, you're breaking a tie to lead off this episode. Oh my gosh! I mean, so this is tough because I feel so I. Full disclosure, I had to look up the definition of a badass because there's so oh, okay. many ways you can categorize it, right? Oh, yeah. So Merriam-Webster has two definitions for it. Oh, okay. One is a tough, uncompromising, or intimidating individual. Okay. And the other one is formidably impressive. And, you know, it's kind of like Feels the like dark this matchup. The light side <laughs> of being a badass. And, yeah, it's exactly this matchup. Um, I mean, I think Maui definitely has the like physical the physical presence of a badass has those tattoos has some pretty badass powers the thing that bugs me about maui is moana has to carry his butt so much of the freaking time like he causes so many problems he like is such a baby about losing his hook is such a baby that he can't control his powers and almost like turns into crab food like moana <laughs> has to like do some quick thinking and save him from the hermit crab. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like not very badass. So even though I haven't watched Mighty Ducks, I'm interested in Fulton. The more and more I learn about this kid, I'm like, he seems pretty badass. So I'm again, have to go with Fulton. I need Fulton out of my life, bro. I need Fulton out of my life. Final four Fulton, baby. Um, Fulton out of can my I, life. can I just, before we move on, can I just offer one comp? Um, Mando and baby Grogu. Um, like, if Mando was on this bracket, he would just oh. absolutely run the table. Oh, um, yes. There are so I many Star Wars and Marvel characters that, yeah. Like, absolutely. Mando is that perfect balance of, like, he's not a bad guy, but, like, he walks the line, you know? Like, he definitely, you don't really know what he's going to do. But I kind of get sort of a Maui, uh, a Mando vibe from Maui at times where it's, like, he wants to ride solo, but he's got this other person that like he feels responsible for taking care of yeah. along the way. Um, that is actually more powerful than he is. Um, uh, so he he like who's really the sidekick in this situation? Sure. Um but but uh Maui just has a different kind of temperament, you know, like he doesn't have that kind of stoicness of of Mando. It's a little bit yeah. too much of a loose cannon for me. Mm. sure yeah totally all right let's talk about this next matchups number four raya from ryan the last dragon versus number five captain barbosa uh so obviously i'm going to talk about captain barbosa here i've said all i could say about raya only because i only remember so much of that film having seen it just the one and a half times but captain barbosa you did a great job of kind of summarizing his character in the first movie but in the next two is really where his badassness comes to play. Uh, he's revealed as alive at the end of the second film. He was killed in the first. Uh, we learned that Cliff, or, um, Tiadama brought him back to life. Uh, so in the third film, we are now attempting to rescue Jack so that we can defeat Davy Jones and restore power to the seas and the pirates in the sea so he um he leads this crew this ragtag crew of uh of will and 
Elizabeth and all of the other random pirates that they've picked up along the way. And they, uh, they get themselves uh, captured in Singapore. And there's a scene in which they are trying to get info and act like they don't know Will, who was also captured ahead of time. And there's this moment in which the, the weapons that they had to put away, the pirates are underneath the floorboards and they shove the swords up through the floorboards and they, the Will and, or sorry, Elizabeth and Barbosa catch them. And like any sort of entrance, any sort of like weaponry trick is pretty badass. Now, all he had to do was catch it. But the way that he's like power standing and just boom catches that thing, you're like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, you m- mentioned that Jeffrey Rush, who plays this character, is is old. But my man can can sword fight. And that's pretty like sword fighting is, a, is an absolute skill and an art. And he perfects it. And it's pretty. It's a badass one. It's a badass art form that yeah. he has mastered. Yeah. Right. So he he learns that they have to go get uh, Jack. And what do they have to do to go get him? They basically have to kill themselves. <laughs> and so they do so by driving this boat right off the edge of the earth because in this pirate realm, either the earth is flat or there is an edge to it somewhere. And they uh, he is ready to just go right over that edge. Everyone's freaking out. And what is he doing? That iconic Barbosa laugh as they're going down into Davy Jones' locker. Just such a a cool badass moment, and then we can go ahead and fast forward to uh, the end of the film in which they've rescued Jack, and now it's time for the showdown with Davy Jones. They have uh, an entire fleet of pirates, uh, about seven ships or so, but it's one v one, and one v one battles are absolutely badass. Now it's one v one in the sense it's one ship versus one ship, but you have Captain Barbosa steering this thing and guiding them as his other folks can go fight it's the same thing what you brought up last time he's not here micromanaging his pirates he's just going to put them in the position to succeed and that's what he does here with no fear and while he's doing it he's fighting himself at one point he's fighting two pirates at once he's doing the clink 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 with of their swords and while he's doing that he is leading a wedding ceremony he is a badass dude. So badass. He is a badass dude. He's out here so doing badass. it all, dude. That uh, is like peak. That like that moment is like the peak of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Well, no, that's um in the in the same way that the peak of Multiverse of Madness is the music note fight scene. <laughs> it's just so it it like you're already like on the precipice. And it just sends you into the next dimension. And that You're is like, what the, the what is going on? Yep, and that is why those films should have ended with with that one. But instead, we get a fourth, and we learn that since he has married Will and Elizabeth and saved the day, become, stayed his pirate self, he is now joined the uh, Royal Navy, <laughs> and basically yeah. he has he has given into society, but he does so as a as a loose cannon. He is out here with one mission and one mission only, and that's to find the fountain of youth. And he's doing it for himself. So his pirateness is still there, but the way he goes about it isn't quite as badass. Uh, if he was more of like a double agent situation, that could be seen as badass, but he was absolutely kind of in the mind of, I'm tired of being hunted. I'm now going to be the hunter. And I don't know that that's super badass. Um, but I think that up you know, up against Raya, I think that she's, from what I remember, she's pretty badass. But I think, like, does a does a badass have these sidekicks who are children? Because it feels like almost all of her sidekicks, the, the little chef boy and then the con babies are the ones that are helping her on this journey. I feel like you want a little bit more of the lone wolf mentality out of a badass than maybe someone who's taken on this not even like Barbosa has a crew, but Homeboy's gonna do what Homeboy's gonna do. Raya's there with more leaning on the crutch of these other sidekicks throughout the film. I don't know, kind of a toss up here for me. We get more Barbosa. I'm a pirates guy. I'm gonna go with Barbosa. Um, that's actually part of Raya's character arc in the movie. Uh, she, her father, dead. Well, he dead. turned into a rock. Stone. Um, yeah. Statue. Dead. So part of her growth on her journey 
is that she kind of rediscovers the meaning of family. And when we meet her, she is the way you described her last episode. She is a nomad. She is alone. She is dressed in this brown cloak with a hat that mostly obscures her face with a scarf that's over her mouth. And she's riding the (laughs) tuk-tuk at very high velocities and looking badass doing it um, on her own mission by herself. But her friendship with Sisu, a.k.a. Aquafina is kind of what like forces her to start welcoming these oddball characters into her family. And, and this is something I mentioned in our Raya mini episode, but it was so long ago that I'll mention it again. <laughs> food and the depiction of food and eating and meals in Raya is the best thing about this movie. And Raya refuses food throughout the beginning part of the movie. And it is only until that she breaks bread with these people that she kind of learns to be uh, welcoming and, and kind mm. of like opens her heart a little bit. Um, and, and like, it comes down to kind of the, what's the difference between a hero and a badass? Like is, sure. is, can a hero be badass? Like, like I keep saying, or is a badass kind of that side character who mm. really doesn't need to have an arc or really doesn't have to need to grow in any way and expose the niceness that like a hero inevitably has to expose for them to be a likable, relatable character for the audience. Um, I think I'm going to ride with Raya. Hmm. Um, Barbosa's combat skills, very impressive. Raya has way more impressive combat skills. Uh, she was trained as a badass child by <laughs> her daddy. Uh, one of our favorite Disney daddies. Uh, yep. she, they, there's this very cool fight scene at the beginning of the movie where he's like, you can't touch the water and she's on these stones. Go back and watch it. It's very badass, even as a, like a little seven-year-old Raya. Um, Mandy, you are breaking the tie here. All right. So, I mean, I think it goes back to kind of like how you define a badass. And to me, one of the core traits of a badass is they give zero fucks until they like actually have you know maybe some kind of mission to fulfill that is very important but for the most part they're very kind of callous straightforward looking out for themselves a bit raya cares deeply about a lot of things and i think it goes back to again the hero versus badass kind of you know because they they can intersect a lot in my mind watching that movie i thought namari was more of a badass than raya yeah 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 and it's tough when you go against those two characters and pit them together. Because um, I do think Namari kind of displays a little bit more badass qualities than Raya. And I just think with Barbosa, he just has so many freaking badass moments. You're just like, that is so badass. That is so badass. That is so badass. We get that through the entire series. Um, so I think for me, I have to go with Barbosa in this matchup against Raya. Even though I do think Raya is pretty badass, I think Barbosa just has a little bit more of an edge. All right, let's hop over to the other side where we've got number two, Mulan versus number seven, Elsa. Um, I did not have Mulan advancing in round one. I find Mulan's badassness to be kind of a intellectual badassness, uh, a mental badassness, <laughs> uh, more so than a physical one. And, and something I mentioned Specifically in this round one matchup, Mulan versus the Chernabog, I like a physical badass. I like somebody who has strong arms and who has uh, giant pecs and can demonstrate a physical authority over others. Definition number two, I believe, <laughs> in Mandy's Merriam-Webster definition of you know physically physically dominating specimen. Um, Mulan's got got some definitely some technical skills. Um, she ran up that mountain with that water and I guess she ultimately did hit them apples on the tree with the arrows, but, um, her biggest kind of physical triumphs were not a result of her brute strength, but of her incredible intelligence and of her, her strong unwavering determination, which is badass. Absolutely. Won't deny it for me. I like the physical stuff. Um, Elsa has 
a, a very interesting and difficult journey over the two movies that we have with her so far. In the first movie, she displays the coldness of a badass. You know, like she has that kind of like emotional distance, um, which is not cool. Like we, <laughs> we, the audience are meant to like see that as, as a villain type attitude. You know, like our hero is Anna and she is trying to have a connection with her sister and Elsa's cold and standoffish and, and we, we're not really supposed to like that. Um, and so many of these other badasses, we are almost attracted to the mysteriousness. Kyle laid it out last episode when we were talking about Bambi Daddy and kind of the mythical unknown. Elsa, her, the way that she plays her emotions so close to the vest is is very frustrating for us to watch on screen. Um, she she does show a, a disregard for for rules and conventions. She's supposed to be the queen of Arendelle, like that's her that's her right. She's the eldest daughter of um, Agnar and Aduna, and she says no. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to run up a mountain and build my own castle and be away from everybody else. Is that badass? Like in the case of Mulan, where the stakes are relatively low when uh -huh. she like rejects the authority, like the only person who's getting screwed is yourself, Mulan. Like you're, you look stupid and like your family probably will like become dishonored. But like ultimately that's only like five people that that affects. Elsa, like Elsa being like, I'm not going to be queen anymore causes such a shit storm uh -huh. that it's, it's like, like, all right, that's not very badass. Like that's just irresponsible. Yeah. That's Fulton Reed and the Zamboni going through the end boards. Like it's just not like, fun for anybody. There, there's a way to do this gracefully and intelligently and Elsa, this ain't it. Right. <laughs> She leaves her kingdom susceptible to a coup, and it almost happens. Almost go Hans almost succeeds mm -hmm. by becoming like the new king of Arendelle and taking over. and And it's because Elsa was kind of so rash in this decision. When I think of badass Elsa, I definitely think of Frozen Two Elsa. Um, it's what I mentioned last week. She wrangles the water knock. She ends up taking an adventure that goes far beyond her own comfort zone. Um, but she grows and changes in a way that is honestly very heroic. Ooh, this one's really hard for me because I think they're going to end up profiling very similar in, in my head. You know, they're, they're heroes that go on emotional adventures. I think I'm going to go with Elsa just for the ocean scene in Frozen 2. Um, and I'm definitely going to go with Mulan. I think that we're not giving her enough credit. I, I, I think she is physically very strong. She's out here like at one point during the hunt attack on the mountain, she releases the horse from like the burning carriage that, or the burning wagon that it has. She slices that thing with the sword, hops on. She's ready to go fight. She has her sword in her hand and she's ready to go absolutely chop heads intent is there even though she's been told like no you shouldn't be out here you shouldn't be doing this she's out there doing it she's defying all order and authority in the military where that is like the only that is the bible for them is order and authority and she's defying that she's ready to go chop some heads if it weren't for her horse getting exploded and she her falling into the snow she probably would have um i'd also like to call out that we're definitely talking about the animated one because in the live action one that Mulan is pretty badass because she's out here like yeah. fighting, fighting, like hand to hand combat fighting in that film. OK, yeah. um, but we're talking about the animated one. Uh, all of the things that she does takes a ton of strength. She does things that I would never be able to do when she's running away at the palace and she shimmies up that uh, that column and a uh, big bad Hun guy comes and chops the column down. She goes off the edge of the building. She has to then jump up and pull herself onto the roof from this column. Fearless, strong as hell. Your your body weight is a lot of weight and you have to pull yourself up onto that roof. Like she is strong. Um, I, she's not out here just like 
huge muscles and, and lifting up horses and stuff, but she is physically very strong, I think. Uh, I still don't see Elsa as like a badass at all. I think that she, yes, super irresponsible in the first movie. She has some badass traits and badass moments, but like I, Mulan just defying the authority of her culture, of her family, of the military, um, all to bring honor to her her family and protect her father. I think that's pretty badass, and it's and it's risky, right? Like for someone to put themselves in that situation in a culture that doesn't accept it, that's super risky. And it's pretty badass that she did that. So for me, it's no doubt number two, Mulan, which means Mandy, we're bringing you back in. Yeah. I mean, I got to agree with you, Kyle. I think there's something about, you know, rejecting convention and like building yourself up into this warrior that is so badass. And uh, even though I'm wearing an Elsa headband, uh, (laughs) I I think I'm going to also have to agree with you and give it to Mulan because she just, I mean, she saves all of China. That is super badass. Elsa, yeah, she saves the town, but you know, <laughs> the town. you save the whole country. That's that's you know, a little one up point there. So, all right, let's talk about this final elite eight matchup. It's number fourteen, Sergeant Calhoun from Wreck-It Ralph versus number eleven, Bambi's dad, the old stag from Bambi. Uh, I feel like at least I've said all that I can say about both of these, and I hate that like. In my mind, it, my mind automatically wants to be like, oh, uh, this this badass leader of this like sci-fi war game uh, that shoots guns and does all this stuff. That's super badass. Like that being the image of badass in my mind. But she has some great competition with the old stag who I brought up last time is like this mysterious overlooking kind of like you don't quite know who he is, but you know that he is extremely strong. He is obviously one out in this deer population as like the top of the top, right? And we see how that happens when it comes to like procreating the the men battle it out, right? I have a feeling that like every every deer in this in this valley is is the child of Big Daddy Bambi over here. Oh, because absolutely. He, right? No like, has to it. be. Has to be. He has to be literally everyone's daddy. Um, and, like, whether or not you he's think my that's... daddy, for sure. He's, oh, he, Does that mean that there's, like, some weirdness going on with Bambi and his lady then? That's exactly what I'm saying. Ooh. But also remember these are animals. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that like, omnipresent per- being that always seems to show up at the right moment uh, makes him like what would we what we would consider very heroic, but it's not because he kind of just like comes, takes care of business and then leaves. And that feels very badass. Um, Sergeant Calhoun, she's just generally a badass. She's obviously like unconventional in both her position as this like leader of the sci-fi war battalion uh but she also is very very confident and that, that confidence is super badass for anybody when they can you know ridicule and harass their <laughs> their their friends and their coworkers essentially and and use that as a power move that feels super badass of of her to do uh, the way that she also just kind of takes care of business if something's going down, you can rely on her to snap into action. She's not always just like that way, which would make her probably not that badass, uh, but she's ready to spring into action. And we see that throughout the film as she helps to restore order to this video game world alongside Ralph. So it's it's tough. It is tough. I think I'm going to go with Sergeant Calhoun, to be honest. I think that as a badass character, it helps to have character for the audience and we get to see her badassness all the way until the end uh the old stag also what is not super badass about him is this like toxic masculinity and uh, that he instills in bambi in which like bambi can't feel for his dead mother he must move on she you know this kind of you have to be tough mentality i don't think is super badass in today's world uh so i'm i'm gonna go with sergeant calhoun here I am going to agree with you. Um, Hmm. And for this matchup, the justification I'm going to give 
is something Mandy brought up last week, and that is the backstory. Uh, every badass, like, yes, it's great to have kind of a mysterious badass where you don't know where they come from, but every, like, well-fleshed-out a badass in fiction has some type of backstory. Hmm. And it's just... Ri- it. It's almost unfair because they purposefully wrote this character to be the archetypal badass. Like, and it's even joked about They're like, oh, she has the tragic backstory. Like they say it out loud. And so right. like she might be sort of a cheat code, but I, I love it. I, I love stereotypical characters like this. <laughs> I have a whole newfound respect for Bambi Daddy, but I wish you with you on Sergeant Calhoun. This was a finals level matchup for me. Nah. Um, I can talk more about her uh, in the later rounds, but Mandy, I know you were sad to see Van Dan- <laughs> Bambi. Wow. Danny Whoa. Man. Mm, I got this. I got this. <laughs> I got this. Banana. <clears throat> Bambi Daddy, move on. Um, are we good with him going home here? I, I'm I'm the most relieved right now. For a second, I thought we were going to put Bambi Daddy in the top four <laughs> and uh, was really worried. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I kind of think of it this way too. Like a hypothetical popped in my mind. Like who would win the fight? Bambi's dad or Gaston? Probably Gaston. I don't know. I, 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 think I, might, I think I might have a little, little money on Bambi's dad to take down Gaston, with, to be honest. With all of his... Antlers to spare. I don't know. I get back. I get hung up on the fact he's a deer. Like I, at the end of the day, he's a deer. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna lose to firearms every single time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean he hasn't yet. <laughs> Dad, no, and he Bambi daddy, Bambi daddy, undefeated versus firearms. He should have been there. He should have took the bullet. No, he goes up. Oh, too bad. I guess you're mine now. All right. <laughs> Um, all right. We got we're down to the final four. It's the number 16 seed Fulton Reed still hanging on versus number five, Captain Barbosa, and number two, Mulan versus number 14, Sergeant Calhoun. We got a couple of bottom seeds still hanging like on here. I like this. Um, I have loved seeing Fulton Reed get this far. I find him to be very badass. Uh, I find athletes to be badasses in general, but this is end of line for my boy Fulton Reed. And the reason is at the end of the day, a badass cannot be someone who has a team and they stay on that team all the time. Mm. And they have kind of like a blind loyalty to the team that is a part of a bigger league or whatever, you know, like, I mean, he's a kid and he's on a peewee hockey team. He doesn't really have much of a choice, but the way that captain Barbosa is able to bounce around and one movie, he's, you know, black Pearl captain. And then the next movie, he's like, you know, getting raised up from the dead. Like in the next movie, like he's joining the East India trading company or whatever it is. A badass has an ability to survive at all costs. Yeah. And if that means getting into bed with the enemy, Uh. he has to do it. Like, that's it. Like, yeah, he's kind of selling out, but you know, deep down, right. This isn't, this isn't about the cause. Like, it's not like he's like, you know what? I've, I've seen the light. Like I, I submit myself to you. He's just trying to get to the next thing. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's clearly trying to outsmart the system and he's just riding the wave. And that's what I really expect about respect about captain Barbosa and you know, Fulton Reed, he's a great teammate, but I feel like a true badass is not always a great teammate. They always kind of tend to leave when the going gets rough. Yeah. I mean, like really rough, you know, like if it's not a situation that they clearly can take over themselves, like they'll walk away. Like they will see the writing on the wall and be like, this is it. This is, this is where I exit the current. Totally. Yeah. And I think you're, you're spot on there. And Captain Barbosa, not only does he, like you say, jump teams and, and join the other side throughout his entire 
existence within this franchise. He's teaming up with whoever has that thing that he's going to need, whether it's captaining the Black Pearl, whether it's teaming up with Will and Elizabeth, whether it's teaming up against Will with Jack. Like he's he's going to find a way and he's going to employ this kind of badassery about him. Uh, and there's also nothing more badass than like Barbosa having this item, this piece of eight, and making one of his workmen, henchmen, carry it for him, but not only carry it for him, he must wear it because it is his fake eyeball that he's going to be needing later on. Like there's that's there's just something badass about like I need to protect this. Uh, I'm going to use you as the vessel to do so. Um, and I have a, a few more points that I'll bring up about Barbosa, but we're going to send him right along. Mandy, any issues there? No, no issues. I'm also a huge Pirates girl. Um, and Barbosa just has so many iconic badass moments. So excited to bring him into the finals. Barbosa to the finals. Let's talk about this next final four matchup. Who's going to meet Captain Barbosa? Is it going to be number two Mulan or is it going to be number 14 Sergeant Calhoun? And this is the fall of Mulan for me. I think that what I said last time where Sergeant Calhoun is always ready for action, always hopping into it, always ready to battle it out. Mulan does a lot of running. It's a lot of running away we get from Mulan. Uh, strategically, maybe. Uh, but there's a lot of sprinting away from the situation as opposed to taking it head on with no fear of the consequences. And Sergeant Calhoun does that in every situation, uh, whether that's, you know, teaming up and, and becoming a couple with Mr. Uh, Fix-It Felix, diving head in, not running away from that, uh, or just straight up battling for her for her homies, for the cause. Uh I just, yeah, she just exudes badassery. Uh, and there's also just something like, unfortunately, inherent in our society of having this like strong woman who takes no shit is inherently badass. Uh, and they really play that into her character uh, in this film. Mulan's great. She, she did what she needed to do to get to the final four here, I think. But when you're up against someone with the confidence and with the stature of something someone like sergeant calhoun who also is like a very big person like she's very very tall uh and she takes absolutely no shit that's badass i'm going sergeant calhoun over mulan uh, i'm with you man let's get <laughs> let's get wild in the finals uh sergeant calhoun all the way mandy are we good with this decision <laughs> you know i'm i'm with it like wow. this is a very like these are some two two strong badass choices um, what I find interesting is about Sergeant Calhoun as well, kind of going into the traits of a badass, a bit of a track your backstory, but also they battled their demons. Mm. And you can just see this with Sergeant Calhoun. She has that one scene where she has a flashback with Felix in the jet and you see yes. that vulnerability yep. come through. So it's, it's really, I think that scene to me, like just hits hard. Mulan, like, yes, she also has to do deal with some, some challenges, but ultimately, like she has that happy ending. Sergeant Calhoun has a bit of a happy ending too, Fix It Felix. But you just see that like that part of her is always going to be there, um, which I think is just an interesting kind of trait of a badass, right? Is is like they kind of tend to have semi-happy endings, maybe a little bit of a tragic ending. Um, mm. So I, I like I like sending Sergeant Calhoun to the finals. All right. All right. It's the finals. It's number five, Captain Barbosa versus number 14, Sergeant Calhoun. So something that Sergeant Calhoun has in common with Bambi's daddy is that she has that natural instinct to be the last one out right. of a situation. Um, we see that when she's trying to evacuate her own video game as well as the Sugar Rush game in the climax of the movie. Uh, she's standing there at the gate uh, making sure people are, you know, going out and, and everyone's safe. And then she can kind of, you know, seal off the gate. Um, that is, that is so badass and such a strong leadership trait. You know, it's like, if anyone's going to die, it's going to be me. Right. And we see her share a trait with Nani 
uh, in that she can surf. Sergeant Calhoun has like a hoverboard that she yeah. gets around on. Yeah. Um, she's extremely skilled at it as well. She's riding through the trench that Ralph's spaceship created in the Sugar Rush game. And she's just, she's like X game status. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, physically impressive. We already talked about kind of her uh, loadout, so to speak. She's got some mm-hmm. great weaponry and she's got us. Um, the boob armor. There's like a, yeah. there's like a sort of a, I don't know if it's a meme, but just like a stereotype in, in science fiction in general that like women characters get absurd boob armor <laughs> when, <laughs> when they like... have to take on like a warrior role and <laughs> the boob armor on Sergeant Calhoun cuts no corners. No, it does uh, not. You want to talk about unrealistic body expectations for women <laughs> in Disney movies. I think Sergeant Calhoun takes the cake. Yeah. Look no um, further. Uh, her stats are insane. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about Helen Parr having a dump truck, badass? Um, how about Sergeant Calhoun's dump truck, badass? Uh, I think it's supposed to be a reference to, Samus in the Metroid series of games. Yeah, I think uh, so. It's pretty um, it's it's badass, yo. (laughs) Like, she's got a banging bot. I'll I'll call it like it is. Uh And here's kind of the thing for me that puts her over the top. She demonstrates a very similar trait to Captain Barbosa in that she is not afraid to fly solo. Right. Um, she has like, and, and she set up like this like squadron leader and she's kind of a, got a leadership type main character role in her game. And I think in that situation, I was like, oh, I don't know if that's badass that you're like, you know, the Mufasa of this world, but she hesitate. She does not hesitate to blow up her own world when right. it like started getting infested by the bugs. She was like, all right, I'm outie. Like, this is it. End of line for this video game. We're shutting yeah. it down and I'm out of here. I'm going to ditch my boys. They're going to do their own thing. I'm on my own mission. And that is to get that side bug. I'm going to yep. go by myself and she lone wolfs it. And she goes in there and she, she handles the situation. Love that. Uh, Sergeant Calhoun incorporates a lot of the traits for every single other character that is on this bracket. Um, relatively closed off emotionally, physically dominant, um, oftentimes is, is on their own agenda and kind of shows a, a lack of respect for others, doesn't like conventions, in this case, uh, romance in the adventure movie, um, but uh-huh. she does get the girl in the end, which is great. Um, I... I'm so pleasantly delighted that I got to know this character a little bit better when working on this bracket. That being said, I did not see uh, Ralph Saves the Universe or what is it called? Ralph Ralph Breaks the Internet. Internet. I have not seen that movie, so I don't know if she sells out her character and her badassness in that movie. So I'm just kind of going on the first movie alone. But regardless, I, I have the 14 seed Sergeant Calhoun over Captain Barbosa. Captain Barbosa is such a badass in the first and third films, but he overstays his welcome in the series. And he loses that kind of badassness and becomes more of the like the inside agent, which can be a badass trait, but in his badass trajectory he's on the downhill slope once that happens uh in pirates five they try and like revive his character a little bit as this captain and he's taken on the some of the other navy boys the two boys from the first movie are in that one as well and they're all like now these these like pirate characters in the royal navy garb but that is all like tattered and dirty and stuff uh facing off against salazar and in this one, we see that he has a daughter and the daughter is the main character of Pirates 5. And he sacrifices himself to, to 
allow her to to live. Um, but it's not in a, like a badass way. They're like hanging onto like the anchor of a ship, and as it's going over this like trench thing. But Barbosa is hanging on to his daughter, who is hanging on to somebody. He's the lowest denominator in this chain of people to survive, and so he's standing there holding on, and he lets go. Uh, so like it's not that badass. Like he's not going up and like sacrificing himself to the big baddie. He is like let it. He's giving up so that they can survive, which is very heartwarming and sweet of him. He realizes that he'd rather let his daughter live, but it's not like a badass send off, you know. And that's what you really want to see. Calhoun, she shows up a little bit in Wreck It Ralph too, but it's not, it's not a lot because we're in mm. like a totally different dimension at this point in that film. Uh, she she just has the the makings of a badass. Barbosa doesn't really have a backstory. Uh, we just know him as like one of the crew members of Jack's ship that helped to lead a mutiny against Jack uh, in the first film. That's as much of a backstory as we get on him. But we really get to understand the badassness that is Sergeant Calhoun and Wreck-It Ralph. I'm going to agree with you. Oh. I'm going to agree. We are going to hang a Wreck-It Ralph banner here in the Mouse Madness Podcast Hall of Fame because we are crowning Sergeant Calhoun from Wreck-It Ralph and, Re- and Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, as the biggest Disney badass. And as we do at the end of every single bracket, we are going to clap it out. Mandy, when you walked into this uh, podcast Zoom room, did you expect that the 14 seed Sergeant Calhoun would be coming and take the crown? So it's interesting because the thing that I realized as you're talking about Sergeant Calhoun and Barbosa, they both have the most iconic one-liners. And I also yeah. think that is a huge trait of being a badass to just come out with some quip. Yep. I mean, you got Barbosa coming out here going like, you best believe in ghost stories this time. <laughs> Yeah. Like just all throughout, like all five films, he has like such great lines. You got Sergeant Calhoun, who Disney like helps like bring out cuss words in the most Disney way possible. She yep. is always dropping some things. You're like, oh, oh, and then it, it's not quite what you think. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm happy for her. I'm so happy for her that she's winning winning this bracket um well deserved for sergeant calhoun she goes through so much and uh i'm happy that she she's a winner like i said she feels kind of like a cheat code and that she was written to be a stereotypical badass (laughs) but you know what i don't care disney could use some more badass characters especially badass women characters and uh, i just love that that she's in the rafters here um captain barbosa already has a banner too yeah he does. So, you know, let's, let's spread the He's the, the most badass pirate. She's the best badass. So There, there it go. is. There, there it is. Go. All right, everyone. Well, we've done it. We've reached the end of another bracket. And if you have anything to say about this badassery, if you have any bracket ideas or you want to hop in and do some co-hosting and some tie-breaking, hit us up. You can email us at mousemadness.com. By the way, I'm at the very end of my leather-bound books. I absolutely went through this thing, and it is a big <laughs> bottle. It, yeah. is, si- it is 17 it. ounces, so it's like oh. two beers. Yeah, you're crushing it. Um, email us at mouse... <laughs> <laughs> what is the email address again? Mousemanagepodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Email us at mousematterspodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All those channels are linked in the description of this podcast. Or if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com slash mousematters and become a member of Jerry's gang by joining us at the $5 level. Folks, it's been a great time. One little piece of advice before you go. Strength, not concentration. And for God's sake, soft hands.